Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 103, Power Pack, and Uber Hack. Welcome to Episode 103 of the Nut Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath, and I'm here with Mr. Dave Baylor. Well, hello, hello. I am happy to be here. 103 episodes. We're going to be lucky if we make it to 103, like age-wise. Oh, Speak for yourself. Yeah, I hope to hit like one. Fit as a 15. fiddle. So, what are we up to this week? It was it was Thanksgiving. We're here. We're yes. We're, we're both a little fatter and a little sleepier. Yeah, weird work week and all that good stuff. Family, friends, and foes. We, there was work this week. <laughs> oh yeah. Oops. At some point, I should have. Called, um, called well, in, first I guess. of all, I want to thank all of our listeners that are still listening to 103 after our net neutrality discussion in 102. Uh, that was. I talked to my wife after she listened to it, and she was like, "I don't understand net neutrality." So I kind of tried to explain it to her, but yeah. they've they released the actual like bill that right. the, the written rule and so a few of the things i heard one of the things people seem to calm down a little bit this week on Mm -hmm. some of the tech podcasts kind of saying it can all change like nothing set in stone we don't necessarily know the good and the bad one of the good things that was written into it is they do have to be transparent Mm -hmm. um they can't get real sneaky with all of these price changes and that kind of stuff yeah if it does go away uh the net neutrality but I think they're voting on it in whatever, the House or the Senate, like the middle of December, and then it still has to – there's still more time for this all to get shaken out. Yeah, something like this, if you're not familiar with the way laws work in America, is you have to propose a bill. It has to go through both houses, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate, and then it has to go to the president who can either pass it sign it into law or it can be vetoed and be sent back to the house or the Senate, whoever generated it to begin with. And it can start all over again. So it isn't the end of the thing, but uh, a lot of people, I wonder the psychology of this. It's like, Oh, it's, you know, it's fourth, it's fourth quarter and we're down by 27. But if, if he kicks the field goal and then there's an interception and then there's like, you know, a safety, we can still win by one point. I yes. wonder if it's like one of those things. Yes. Uh, but I, you know, I'm. I think it will all work out in the end. Yeah. There was one podcast I listened to, and they were talking about, you know, if this goes through, and and the ISPs and providers are just being complete jerks about this, they're going to have to contend with the likes of Apple Computer, yeah, Facebook, yep. Google, and it's like, do you really want to, you know, poke? Poke the sleeping dinosaur. Yeah. Because uh, those guys will just say, uh, Apple, for example, will say, guess what? We're making our own uh, telecom company and we're going to make it competitive for everybody. So there went all your business. You're going to go bankrupt. I don't think they're going to want to to wake the sleeping dinosaur. Yeah. There's even with as bad as it seems, there's a lot of balances just. Even yeah. though Comcast, you know, they have pretty much a monopoly in a lot of their areas. 
there's still some other balances in place, yeah. like you're saying. And some people have said, well, you know, Netflix or Apple, they can just pay the extra money to Comcast so it wouldn't be charged anymore. But they're not going to want to do that. Don't, I don't know if you know companies, <laughs> but they don't like to throw no. away money. They're yeah. kind of in the business of making money and keeping their shareholders happy. So, And a lot of these people, too, don't like to be pushed around by the the digital mafia. Yes. They're going to be like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not paying your hush money or whatever, yes. your protection money. Uh, we're going to end this right now. So yeah. I'm not too worried about it. No, I think, I think it will, you know, and it might get bad, whatever that means for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. it will uh, change again. But I was... We, Seems like we bring up Clark Howard every week. He was yeah. my pick of the week a while back. Yeah, I uh, does a radio show, and we both listen to the podcast. This week mm-hmm. on one of the episodes, he was actually talking about. Um, he wasn't talking about net neutrality necessarily, but he was kind of talking about government and how it just always feels like everything has run so poorly from the DMV, which we mentioned yeah. last week, and. Uh, there just seems to be a lot of red tape and fluff and mm-hmm. waste. Um, but he was talking about, and I thought I'd bring it up just in the net neutrality discussion, in Denver, the city of Denver, they have something called the Peak Academy. Hmm. And the purpose of this organization, it looks like they're part of the government. I haven't gotten to dig into it, a lot of it yet. But their goal is to make government run better. What? Yeah. Why would they I know want it's that? confusing. Let's slow Hold down on. here. Can you repeat, please? Yes. They want government to run more efficiently. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. So one of the examples that he gave on his podcast was the fact that it used to be when you went to the DMV to get your license or a title change, any of that stuff, I believe it was uh, a 60 minute wait. Wow. That was the average. So they went mm-hmm. in, they analyzed it, and they tried to figure out what they could do. They got it down under 20 minutes. So now the That's average time good. at the DMV, and they said that they also did the same, something similar with the like building permits, mm-hmm. um, business permits, all that stuff in the city. So they're just looking at this. The problem is most government is a monopoly, and the DMV, they don't have any reason There's to get no any better. Uh, but I was very impressed with this, that in Denver, the Mile High City, that mm-hmm. they are uh, working. So I'm hoping that this spreads like wildfire because we could definitely use some streamlining we and could. Uh, some government interactions. Now, Nate, have you ever been to Denver, Colorado? I have been to Denver. Yeah, beautiful place. Their downtown is phenomenal. Yeah. I used to live somewhat nearby a few hours away. Oh, yes. When it, I, I used to live in the western part of Kansas, which is in the eastern part of Colorado. So anyway, do you know why it's called the Peak Academy? Oh, probably because it's at the peak of the Rocky Mountains? No, Pikes Peak is the oh. premier peak. It's the highest okay, peak there. that's in, the in, main. Yeah. So Pikes Peak, um, named after uh, Explorer Zebulon Pike. Wow. Okay, and back to technology. <laughs> uh, there was a article that I ran across. It was actually on BuzzFeed. Dory. Uh, I, I love that movie. <laughs> it's not Finding Dory. Dory Shafrir, who is actually the wife of Matt Myra, who's on the Nerdist podcast. and Who's also on the Star Trek uh, after show. After yes, Trek. yes, yes. Uh, so it's all connected in this podcast world. <laughs> yes. But anyways, Dory, she wrote an article uh, a week or so ago, and it's titled, Meet the People Who Listen to Podcasts at Super Fast Speeds. Yes, I read this article. And we've kind of been talking about, you know, Mike was a- asking about podcast apps, and uh, we always obviously talk a lot of 
about podcasts, mm-hmm. and I listen to my podcasts at one and a half speed. I usually do one and a quarter at one and a half. Yes. I have tried 2X. Do they make a 1.75 speed? I believe in Downcast, okay. our preferred podcast app, they do have its uh, increments of 0.25. Now, I will say this. Mm-hmm. I listen at 1.5 in Downcast. When I listen at 1.5 in the Apple Podcast app, it is much faster. Okay, we are looking at the downcast settings. It is, I do not know why they do this, but they have 0.5, 1x, 1.25, 1.5, and 2, and then it goes all the way up to 3. Um, yeah, but they so don't. So there's that, only that one increment of 0.25 that they don't have is the 1.75, which that is weird. would probably be more tolerable. Um, but, so, these but you're people, saying that all apps are not equal. Some of the yes. apps, it sounds faster. Yeah, because. My wife, she just listens at 1x. So if we listen to a podcast together in the car or something, she makes me slow it down. But I've tried in the Apple Podcast app to listen at one and a half, and it is almost like 2x in Downcast. So I, I don't if know they're if they're doing some smart speeds. Yeah, stuff. some processing or something to kind of adjust so it's not so chipmunky or anything like that. So you and I have talked about this before, but it's so true. When you, when you get used to listen to these podcasts, they talk fast and fast, fast. When you listen to it at normal speed, oh. it sounds like they're talking like wrong. this. So if you're listening at 2x right now, I should sound normal. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder, because I listen to so many podcasts, I think I naturally have started talking faster. So I wonder if people are ever yeah. like, hey, Nate, slow down a little slow bit. Slow down a little bit. Um, but Maybe. I listen at one and a half speed because I feel that it is tolerable, um, yet I get through more podcasts in less amount of time. Well, and I got to tell you, most podcasts, they don't edit it as highly as we do. Now, you just did something earlier, just a few seconds ago, you said, um. And um, I... <laughs> I, um, what? Um. Now, you, the listener, may not notice this because I go through and I trim out probably 90% of the ums. And that makes our total time from like an hour down to like an hour or 50 minutes or something. So we do some of that for you, speeding it up. And also large gaps. And when we mess up. Yeah. And and when Nate starts doing his swearing montage. (laughs) tirades. It's just a tirade. (laughs) Tirade of anger. I cut those Uh, out. (laughs) But so this, back to this article, she wrote, she found a group of people that listened to three uh, podcasts at 3x speed. How? Now, from the people she interviewed in this article, I noticed something that most of them said something to the effect of, I found this new podcast, there's 300 episodes, and I have to listen to every episode. So they go back, started episode one, and listen at 3x. So it's more of a completionist versus thing. a comprehension. Yeah, than a comprehension. I would love for them to take a comprehension test out of this. Yes, I feel like uh, I, I test relatively high in comprehension when I read and listen to stuff. I wonder what their comprehension is because I could listen to it at four x if you never expected me to learn anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, th- uh, 
we talk about Star Wars and Star Trek. There's a podcast, I hadn't heard of it, called Movies by Minutes. So they yeah. take iconic movies minute by minute. Yeah, and I so, found it by listening to this article, oh, reading nice. this article. Yeah, so this guy Jason, he found it. The host had already completed the original Star Wars trilogy, which was 378 episodes, plus a few f- special episodes. So he started downloading 50 episodes at a time and listening at 2x. It took about a month per movie to get it caught up. And one of the guys in the article is talking about how with some podcasts you can kind of do it. And then if there's something that you really want to hear, you can kind of slow down and listen to it. But I, I think a lot of it is I want to be able to say that I've listened to all 300 episodes of your podcast. So I listened at three X and here's another thing. If I'm in a sensory deprivation tank, Mm -hmm. I could probably listen at three X, but if I'm driving and going around the house or, you know, doing some stuff on the computer, it does depend. It depends on how much you're able to focus. Uh, so, yeah, there are some people. It made me feel better about myself, so mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about some other things that make us feel better <laughs> yes. about ourselves. Well, you know what always makes everybody feel better every week is Dave's Pro Tip of the Week. Now, I hope I can do this right. We were looking through the settings <laughs> yes. before and trying to find this stuff, but I alluded last week that we were going to be talking about disabling face ID and touch ID. Now, what do I mean disable? Like, why would you ever want to do that? I'm talking in the instance that you are in a situation where you don't want people to get into your phone by using your biometric data, your thumbprint or the shape of your face or whatever. So in the United States, anyway, you cannot be compelled under law to divulge information. Hmm. So you can't, they can't say enter your passcode in this phone because that's information you'd have to give up. But they can just grab your hand and stick it on the glass and use your thumbprint. Yeah. Or they can point a thing at your face and do a scan ID. So you may be in a situation where you want to temporarily disable these things. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. Nice. Now, I'm taking a lot of this information from an iMore article published by mm-hmm. Renee Ritchie. This is just a few weeks ago. So uh, actually, well, last week. Here's how you do it. On iPhone 5S through iPhone 7. So this is running iOS 11. Through 8. Well, through 8. Because those all have... No, actually, no, no. I'm oh, okay. Sorry. No, oh, no. 5S no. to 7. Will you back off? Yes. Give me some space here. No, so you, you can click the sleep-wake button on and off five times in succession. But don't do it yet. Yes. Let's talk through this first. And... If you have an iPhone 8 or a 10, which are the brand new ones that came out this fall, you can squeeze the side buttons and either volume button up or down. Now, what happens when you do that is if your phone is on or asleep, you will be confronted with a slide to power off, medical ID, or emergency SOS, or you can cancel the screen. Now, here's the trick. If you are currently logged into your phone using it and you do this and you hit cancel, It's just going to take you right back to your home screen. It didn't disable anything. This works when your phone is off and not the screen is not lit. It's in your pocket. You can hold either volume button if you're on an iPhone 8 and a 10 and you squeeze them together. It takes you to that screen. And if you hit cancel or you hit the sleep wake button again to get to your little login screen, you'll find that your touch ID or face ID does not work. You are required to enter a PIN. 
Now, for the iPhone 5S or the 7, you click the sleep-wake button five times in your pocket while your phone is asleep, and it will do the same thing. It will take you to your login screen, but none of your biometric sensors will be operational at that time. Now, here's why I said if you're on an iPhone 8 or a 10, don't click the side button five times quickly because this is what will happen. It gives you a three-second countdown <laughs> before it starts calling emergency services. Yes. <laughs> and that's not something you want. The 911s. Yeah. So if you're using an iPhone 8, 8 Plus, or a 10, clicking that button five times quickly will get you to emergency services. But you can go into settings, of course, and make some changes. So if you'll follow along with me and go into your settings, you can go to emergency SOS settings. Now, I didn't do my research very well with the older devices, but you can, in, in my screen, it says you can turn the five-click emergency SOS on or off. You can disable the auto call. So you can leave the five-click thing on, but disable the auto call. Or you can silence the countdown sound, which I would not recommend doing, because if you accidentally hit this, <laughs> you want it to alert you so you're not calling 911 by accident. But I just wanted people to know that these features are there. And it's a little bit confusing because you and I both heard, oh, you just click the button five times and it disables Face ID yeah. or Touch ID. A little more to it. Uh, so try it before you get in a situation where you might and, need to use it. And so on my phone, I have left it. So if I click the sleep-wake button five times, it will contact emergency services. Do the auto call setting. It'll do the auto call. That way, if I'm in a fender bender or if I roll my car or even if I'm walking down the street and I see a horrific accident, I don't want to fuddle around trying to do anything. I'm just going to click that button quickly. And as I'm running to the scene, I'm going to let my phone contact emergency services for me. And as far as as disabling the biometric sensors, it's in my pocket. I either do my sleep-wake button and my volume up to enter that screen, or if I'm on an older device, I just click the sleep-wake button five times in succession. I want to try these things out now. I want to figure out how they work before I'm traveling, before I'm doing anything. So we're going to link to an article by Renee Ritchie and Imore, like I said, and you can read through that. But if you have questions, go onto our forum uh, on Facebook. You can either go to our main page there or we have a group yep. that you can uh, become part of and we can discuss these things. But it's there and I hope I didn't confuse you guys more. Yes. Look at the article. At least now you have some basic working understanding of how this There operates. is a feature out there and you yeah. need to learn how to use it. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Well, very nice. That's kind of travel related. And I wanted to bring up something. We were having a private discussion with friend of the show, Jared, this week. We uh, he is about to do some traveling with his family. I believe they're going to Hawaii and he has... Yeah, and, and, and it's on this date with this uh, yes. the plane, uh, what is this called? The uh, the flight, the, <laughs> the flight, flight number. number. Yeah, and here's his seat number. Yes, and his home address for yes. the week that he'll be gone. <laughs> uh, anyways, he's got three younger kids and his wife and himself. So there's five of them. And as you can imagine, a flight to Hawaii from Portland is, I think it's about six hours. So... yes. You want to distract the kids some, mm-hmm. and give as them we drugs. Know, give them drugs; yes. they'll sleep the whole time. A little whiskey on the lips, <laughs> and as we know, Jared loves playing some games himself. He does. He's and listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So he was asking us what to do about power because he looked for the plane, and they a lot of unless you're on a bigger, more expensive airline or an international flight, cross 
continental. You're probably not going to have power at your seats. Yeah. So we were kind of discussing back and forth some options. So I just figured with the holidays coming up, people are always traveling. Just kind of what we some of the recommendations that we gave as far as options. So now you'd have to imagine he could have five people using devices, Mm -hmm. if not just one device, multiple devices at the same time. And they're going to be there on vacation, probably using devices as well. And then coming back, you know what I would do? I'd go into the lavatory and I would disable the fire alarm and pull those wires out, the the smoke detector and hook it up. They really like you when you do that. Hook it up to my phone somehow. There you go. So that's tip number one. Tip number one. What are the other ones? Well, we have talked several times on the show about different power banks, they call them, the little external batteries that you see everybody at an airport with. And the bigger ones you call power bricks because they're literally the size (laughs) of a brick. Bricks. So one of the ones that Dave had picked as a pick of the week a while back that he was very happy with is the Anchor PowerCore Fusion 5000, (laughs) which they say is a two-in-one because it has... The USB plugs that you can plug in your whatever kind of USB cables to charge your devices, but it also has the outlet, the US standard outlet plugs Mm -hmm. to plug into the wall so you don't have to have another cord to charge the power bank. You can just plug that into the wall and then charge two devices at one time. And I'm a big fan of these power brick devices that have the built-in AC plugs because That is the worst. You have this thing and you're like, oh, I left my charge cable at home. So I've got this worthless five pound thing that I'm carrying around. So yeah, this power core, you flip the little prongs down, you plug it in. What's great about it is unlike many of these other ones, it can charge a device plugged into it while itself is Uh, charging. Many of them can do one or the other. Yes, You can't charge it while it's charging something else this thing what it does is it it can be used as both so for example if i get one of these power bricks and i plug it into the wall and i plug my device into the power brick it's going to use power from the power brick the way these this one works is it's an ac wall charger and a power brick both so when it's plugged into the wall and you plug a device in it the ac power is going right from the wall outlet to your device and then when you remove that, it starts charging the internal okay. battery. Okay. So it works a, fundamentally a bit different than other yeah. things. But what's great about that is you can charge your device. And when you walk away, the charger itself starts to charge. Starts charging. Versus when I plug it in and I have everything plugged in in a chain, I'm drawing off that battery. Uh, so it's it's a little bit different. Yeah. And so that one runs – and it's a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. So it's a little bit on the smaller side. So one of my suggestions was maybe something a little bit bigger. And I found the Anchor 20,000 <laughs> milliamp hour, so four times the capacity. Yeah. It does not have the built-in charger, um, but that was a little more. And I think that was like 31 bucks on a Black Friday sale. But then I found the Aki 30,000 milliamp wow. hour power bank. And this one, the interesting thing, you can charge the device with either... Most of them charge mm-hmm. off the micro USB. You could use your iPhone lightning t- cable to charge the power brick. That is a huge bonus to be able to use the lightning connector because that means you can leave a cable at home. You don't have to yeah. bring your micro USB cable. Yes. And so, and I also suggested to him maybe if they're going to be charging a bunch of devices in their hotel room or wherever they're staying, Anchor and a bunch of people make the uh, five-port wall charger 
power ports. Yes, so those you are can great. Be charging. It just takes one outlet, and then you can charge five different USB devices. So we'll have links to all these in the mm-hmm. show notes. There was you did find something about yeah. there might be some airplane limits. I did some more research on that as far as the size. I think you'd be fine with the thirty thousand. The chart that you found says like twenty. 7,500. I don't think they're going to probably check it. And I read some of the FAA stuff and they said that really it's not for like a power bank. They're more worried about like raw batteries, that kind of stuff. If something is inside a commercial enclosure designed to output power, it's not as big issue as, hey, this is my lithium ion that's for my quadcopter that's just a bare naked uh, battery with wires hanging off of it. So yeah, they are very concerned about those. Okay. Well, uh, Jared, I hope we helped you. And as a reward, we will be going to Hawaii with you. Yes, I've got my ticket purchased. Uh, Let's move on to some takes. I had, speaking of charging and power, Mm -hmm. one of the things with the new iPhones is they introduced quick charging. Now, supposedly, if you spend like $70 from Apple and buy the basically the MacBook charging with a lightning to USB-C cable, like all this a special charging cable and a special charger mm-hmm. that it's supposed to be super fast charging. Yes. Uh, well, a couple of people have done studies now on this fast charging and they have found, like I have said for a long time that the, a 12 watt charger, which is what comes with the iPads. Okay. That pretty much gives you identical as the super fast charging. There's a small mm. difference, but there's a good chance you might already have a 12 watt, uh, wall charger like that anchor five port wall thing it'll do 12 watts uh and the ipad chargers the little bigger ones not the ones that come with the iphone but that one charger the aki charger that you actually did Mm -hmm. a video review on yeah that one will do 12 watts and it's about the same size as the iphone charger so check that one out we'll put a again a link to the show notes and remember if you purchase these items on amazon please use our link amazon.notnerd.com it gives us a, sh- a small kickback. doesn't cost you anything extra. Yeah. I was looking today at the reports, and I saw it looked like maybe Jared had bought some video games. Nice. Because <laughs> I figure he's the one that's doing that, but everybody's uh, buying some stuff. Somebody bought one of your uh, new Lexi Bluetooth oh, FM yeah. transmitter for the car that yeah. are very popular YouTube video. Over 10,000 views. Yes. So the Aki USB wall charger is that little tiny one that is awesome. Uh, I'm missing one of those, actually. I need to track that down. <laughs> I just using, realized. Mine's plugged in the wall at home. I'm using it. Yes, so I, know. I have one in my office, and I, I had at least one more around, but need to track that down. I came across something the other day that I wanted to just discuss. As we know, my lower back tattoo, one yes. backup is none backup. Uh, what did I say? You don't have to show it to me every well, single hey, time. I want to make sure it's still there. <laughs> okay. I am a big fan of making sure there's no excuse not to have a good backup plan these days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, laziness. Well, laziness. I deal with so many people doing IT work where they have lost data, computer crashes, get stolen, water gets spilled on it, hard drive just dies. Yeah. And they're like, can you help me? Sometimes I can, sometimes mm-hmm. I cannot. Yeah. And it can get very expensive in some cases to mm-hmm. try to get your data back. So we always talk about the fact that just have a backup plan. My pick of the week this week is actually going to be a way you could do that. But I stumbled cool. across a Showfield's Three Laws of Computing. This is if you're a robot, don't kill humanity, yes. don't laser <laughs> yes. people. What, what, is that what this is? Yes. So basically this uh, Jack Schofield, 
believe that's how you pronounce it. He is a security writer, ZDNet, uh, Ziff Davis, um, very popular tech website. He has developed over many decades these three laws of computing. Okay. says this is how you can avoid disasters. So the first law, Schofield's first law of computing states that you should never put data into a program unless you can see exactly how to get it out. Mm. Now, you might be going, well, what, how am I going to know this? What? Basically, what he's saying, if you're writing your doctorate thesis, don't use some application that just started today that might go away tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, don't store your photos on some weird photo storage service that your cousin's <laughs> uncle is starting that you know yeah. could go away. Making sure that you know that your data is in a format that you're going to be able to get it back out. Yeah, here's something that might happen. Hey, I love typing on my phone, so I download uh, WordStar Power 99 text app, and I start doing my thing, and I'm like, what, there's a new iOS update? Let me update that. Boom, the app no longer works. And you're like, oh, shoot, how do I... I type my thesis in that app. How do I get it off of here? So this is what they're saying. If you don't know how to get the information off that thing... Don't put it in there. Yes. And one of the things that he states as part of this, the holistic cost, if the data is more valuable than the software, put a focus on the data. So even if it's like accounting program, if you're using some random or some spreadsheet with a password that nobody's ever going to be able to find out if something happened to you, uh, that's something I do with my ID clients is make sure that they have the information as well as Mm -hmm. me in case something happens to either person, but just paying attention to where you're putting your data and making sure that either you have another copy or you can get it out. Yeah. Great. So the second law states that data doesn't really exist unless you have at least two copies of it. So he's kind of copying my one backup as none backup here. If you only have one copy of something, if you only have the file on your computer, does that file even really exist? Because right. something could happen so quickly to that file that it would be gone. I actually have a client who runs several businesses, and he told me last week, hey, we need to do a backup of my computer because I have so many documents on here that I've written with business plans and business stuff that goes with my current businesses. Right. And he doesn't have it backed up anywhere. So if his laptop, any one of a hundred different things happened to it, he's out of luck. He said there's so many things that he's just brain dumped in there where he just types it in, saves the file that he would just be out of luck. So have a couple copies of it. There's so many great options uh, for automatic backup. That's what we suggest because then you don't have to think about it. We talked several episodes ago, Crash Plan, the, their home version that I've used and sworn by and sold so many people on is going away. Uh, if you just have one computer, I think I probably would recommend Backblaze at this point. It's $5 a month per computer. There's also a business plan with Crash Plan that's pretty good. If, yeah. you, need, if you need to back up, talk to us. That's what I do. I'm obviously passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So the third law states that the easier it is for you to access your data, the easier it is for someone else to access your data. So this is the balance of security and convenience that we talk about often. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's another big theme throughout our podcast. Besides backing up, it's just overall security. So 
you just really need to think about that. If you have a thumb drive that you carry on your keychain that has all your important company documents yeah. so you can have them at work and at home, uh, well, then somebody else could have them at their work or their home just by taking your keys. Right. So think about that. Password-protected thumb drives are pretty easy to do. Having good passwords, we use the LastPass, LastPass yeah. you know, password manager. I set my son up on that and my brother this week. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And you know, two-factor authentication, so it's harder if somebody guesses your password, they can't get into something. So uh, I just thought those three laws were good, and they go right along with a lot of the things that we tried to repeat over and over in the podcast as far as making sure that you have your data, you have backups of your data, and that your data is secure. Cool. Um, now, speaking of secure data, there was an interesting write-up from Gizmodo, one of the big tech websites, mm -hmm. titled, How Facebook Figures Out Everyone You've Ever Met. Now, they did some research and there have been many cases where you'll sign into Facebook and it says, hey, you might know this person. And you either don't know them or it's somebody from, you know, a different lifetime where you just don't really – there's no way Facebook should know that. Yeah. So they wanted to kind of get behind this. One of the examples they said, a man who years ago donated sperm to a couple <laughs> secretly so they could have a child only to have Facebook recommend the child as a person he should know. What? He still knows the couple but is not friends with them on Facebook. So another one, a woman whose father left her family when she was six years old and saw his then mistress suggested to her as a Facebook friend 40 years later. Wow. So they wanted to figure out, you know, is Facebook watching us? Are they, you know, reading our diaries? What's going on? Well, most of the time it is because somebody has said, Facebook, you can have ac access to my contact. I knew it. I have not read this article. I was going to guess it. Yes. And my guess is, is that 90% of the people have done this because they are relentless. It's like, hey, install the messenger app. Oh, I don't want to. Hey, you can't. You got a message. You got to do it. Fine. What's the message? Hey, welcome to Messenger. That was the message. What you? Sorry. <laughs> In order to use this, uh, give us access to all your contacts. No. Okay. Uh, give us access to camera. No. Give us access to notifications. No. Well, we're gonna put a blinding red circle right here that says. It, this circle will not go away until you do these things. And yes. people just eventually get tricked into – they update and it's like, yes, 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 yes. And it's like, oh, shoot, I just said yes to my contacts. How do I undo that? Yeah. Once the cat's out of the bag, you can oh, never yeah. get those contacts back. So I just understand that all of the people around me – I'm sorry, people around me – you have you – have, ratted me out to Facebook yeah. and all these other services. Yeah. I know that every game you download, you say, yes, upload my entire contact database. And I've just kind of given up. Yeah. You know? I don't do that myself yeah. unless I really need to use that service. But I knew it. I'm just going to say, yeah. I was going to guess and that's exactly why. But please continue. And I'm sure Todd's Ryan's, driving down the yes. highway, throwing his phone out the yeah. window as we speak. They can look at my contacts. The, yeah. So, so yes, sorry for that diatribe, but man, it ticks me off. Yeah. So it, it doesn't have to be that you have done it. Somebody, you know, that you knew 20 years ago. So like this couple that had this guy 
they probably had his phone number mm-hmm. in their phone or something, and it got uploaded to the contacts and you know addresses and phone numbers. So they kind of have people call them shadow profiles. Surprisingly, Facebook doesn't like that term. Yeah, but they kind of have these hidden profiles. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, they probably know a lot of this information that they've pieced together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to look it up. There was something that I was just an author who had written a book about. Uh, this like universal family tree project um, that sounds totally crazy. Like they're trying to document every person in human history and you can like do all the search with the data on it. There's a cut, there's two new, uh, well, there's Ancestry.com and there's Family Search. Uh, there's two new ones that are kind of open source, like oh, okay, and sounds crazy. I'll find that information. Maybe we'll talk about it next week if it's actually interesting. Um, one more security story this week. I don't know how we got onto the security stuff. Did you hear about what Uber did this time? No, I have no idea. I'm completely <sighs> in the dark on this. So. <laughs> Uber released the information that back in, I believe it was 2016, they had a hack of 57 million people's data. 57 million customers and drivers from Uber were hacked. Now, they paid the hackers to supposedly delete the data and cover up the whole thing. So they never told anybody until now. So it was compromised data from October 2016, uh, included names, email addresses, and phone numbers of 50 million Uber riders around the world. The company told Bloomberg the personal information of about 7 million drivers was accessed as well. That's how Facebook's getting it. They're buying all of it. Buying all this Uber hacked data. 600,000 U.S. driver license numbers. Uh, Mm. No security, social security or credit card, but oh, so we'll just let them get away. No big deal then. But they do have a new CEO and he said this is... You know, this was horrible. We're a different company now. We're Not going a different watch. direction. Yes, but man, they have they have broke. But that's what their whole company is based on is breaking the rules of yeah. how taxis work and all this stuff. So, so here's what I want to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut off all of my online profiles. Yes, I'm gonna make up a fake name. And I'm going to use my Google Voice number, which is not like my real cell phone number, for everything. And that's how I'm just going to live my life now, incognito with one of these shadow profiles. Yes. So what do you think? Is that a good well, idea? Well, if you don't want to interact with anybody you actually know, if you just want to create a new life. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, for some, that's more appealing. Than Sorry, other. everyone. Yes. Well, with that... We're going to move on to the good stuff. It is time for our picks of the week. So my pick of the week this week, Nate. Did I I leave long enough for the echo? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I jumped in there pretty quickly. So you guys may remember that I talked about this game that was coming out. Yes, for the last two episodes we brought this game up. This is Animal Crossing. um, Pocket Camp? Pocket Camp. Thank you. They've always have Animal Crossing then a name. So oh, okay. You played le- several of them. The one that I have is a new leaf, like you're turning over oh. a new leaf, right? So this is Pocket Camp. Here here's a little taste of it here. So I'm on this beach. I've got this. So Nintendo hates people who are bald. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this about me, but I don't have any hair. Uh so I made this little ginger looking boy with oh, yes. full bright with the red spiky. hair. 
Yeah, because I'm like, they don't represent me in this. So I'm on this beach, and I can walk around, and look, I can interact with this person on the beach. It's a girl, and her name, oh, is Angela. Oh, hello, hey, Angela. Angela. What would you like to do? Well, I could view her market box. I could visit the campsite. I can make friends, or I can do nothing right now. I can pick up seashells. I can fish. All the things you might want to do in Animal Crossing. So you may be going, uh, that sounds really stupid. And I have to agree with you a little bit. <laughs> with M- Animal Crossing New Leaf, you could there was more of a storyline okay. like, hey, this thing happened, so go do a bunch of things to fix this thing. And you do it, and then it's like, great, here's some rewards or whatever, or you open up a new area. So it was more of a progression from, yeah. from time to time. This feels like a grind. It's still my pick of the week because it's fun, it's cute, it, it has hints of what makes Animal Crossing great. And I hope that they expand it. I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed, but it's free to play. It's interesting. I say support Nintendo and their efforts to bring more of their content to smartphones because, hey, I already own this. I don't want to go buy a $300 Switch just to play the new game. I would love to play their content here. And of course, there's in-app purchases. You can purchase in-app currency to make the progression faster. But right now I'm going around and I just basically pick up items and then I go to the various characters who want these items. I give it to them and they give me rewards. With the rewards, I can create furniture for my camp. Because remember, I'm at a camp and I'm building my tent. I'm making a bigger tent. I'm making my little VW bug better, getting fancier furniture, stuff like that, you know. What's not to love? What is not to love? <laughs> and I see you over there. You're you're texting your wife or something. <laughs> I, no. So I see that I bored you. But my pick of the week is Animal Crossing. What is it again? <laughs> Pocket Camp. Pocket Camp. What's up with these names? I always remember that I, they did this with the Switch, the Nintendo Switch. What was I calling it? The Nintendo Click. Click. Or something. Sheesh. Yes. So anyway... I all think the good names are gone. They're all gone. I think it's time for maybe you to tell people about your pick of the week. Well, first, I'm going to do my not pick of the week, which is Animal Crossing <laughs> Pocket Camp. You don't like this game? I downloaded it last week. I had this exact same... What was that Nintendo with the just the guys that you just like... Yes, the me Tommy or me Tommy. I downloaded this game. I was like, you know what? This is first day. I'm going <laughs> to get going with I'm gonna it. I'm going to be number one on yeah, the leaderboards. Like 20 minutes later, it's still going through dialogues of yeah. here is where you're, and it's just super, it, just not a game for me. The thing that got me excited when it first starts up, there's this little logo or kind of picture that's spinning like a round globe. Yeah. And it reminded me of the game Godfinger. Godfinger's Which amazing. is one of the original, I think, iOS games. Yeah. And I just looked iPad, it up. Yeah. There's Godfinger 2. What? That came out last year. So your not pick is uh, Godfinger <laughs> My 2? My not pick is Animal Crossing. Oh. Uh, unless you're a fan of Animal Give it a try, but it, it was try. not for me. It was slow moving. It's it. You, base, you hit all... The, you do all the things rather quickly. Yes. And it's wash, rinse, repeat. Now, do you interact with other real players yeah, out there? Yeah, that Angela was a real person. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. I know. Okay, so my pick of the week, I teased earlier, was something to do with backup. And I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this before, but most people know about Google Drive. Yeah. I 
I would guess that most of our listeners probably have a Gmail account. Is this their mapping service where you drive from place to place, the Google no, Drive? No, that's Google Maps. Okay, so maybe most people don't know. Okay, that. so Google Drive is their cloud storage, and I believe you get 20 gigs for free now of storage. Well, they have just changed. They kind of had this drive sync thing where you could sync stuff, but they've renamed it Google Backup and Sync. Yes, and i got to tell you, I'm the... IT administrator here where I work. And I've had to tell 40 people in a matter of a span of a couple of weeks, okay, Google Drive is in the cloud, right? And then you can get a program to put on your computer that's Google Drive and it synchronizes them. Well, that's been deprecated. Now it's Google Backup and Sync. Yeah. So start using this. It's Google Drive, but it, it does more. <laughs> it's got a new name. It syncs more of your folders and files yes. up to Google. And then right on the heels of that for uh, nonprofits and business users is Google File Stream, which is a whole whole other way to access these files. So it can get rather confusing. So I just wanted to share that so that if you're out there going, I don't understand any of this crap, it's not you. It's them. Oh, yeah. It is them. So it's also similar to like Dropbox where they have the free version. You get so much storage that you can kind of sync files between you and Dropbox's cloud, mm-hmm. and they have the business levels too. So I am actually paying for more storage with Google Drive now on my mm-hmm. personal account where I do all my email. So I think I pay, what is it, 20 bucks a year for uh, yeah. 100 gigs of storage. Yeah, $20 a year. That, that's one I'm on. So less than $2 a month, and I get 100 gigs of storage. Well, I wasn't using a lot of that storage. So I was like, hey, I'm going to try out this Google backup and sync application. Mm-hmm. So on my Apple laptop, works on PCs too, yep. you download this program and then you kind of go through a setup of if you want to sync your whole drive back and forth, which I didn't want to do. No, no. I have a lot of stuff, like we do a lot of the podcast files and stuff up on the drive. I don't need that stuff stored locally. But what I do have is I have one folder on my computer called Current Projects, which is all my clients, all my website projects, graphic design stuff, Mm -hmm. everything that I do, I keep in that folder. And I said, if there was one folder in my computer that would probably be about the most important, it would be that one. Yeah. So I turned on the Google backup and sync for that. So now it constantly keeps that synced with the Google Drive cloud and a copy on my hard drive. So there I have two copies plus my other backup methods. I actually have four copies of that stuff because it's that important to me. Right. I don't want to lose it. And for any of our listeners who have a Gmail account, you have a Google Drive account whether yes. you know it or not. And so if you want to start utilizing this and store, I don't know, some maybe some precious photos or some music you purchased offline or any other type of digital file, Word documents, Excel files, whatever, you can put them in a special folder on your computer and say, hey, Google, back up and sync, back up and sync this thing. And if anything ever happens to your computer, you can always recover it from your drive. So that's that's great news. And I'm going to do just another reminder, one of our constant things, the Google Photos service Mm -hmm. that works on Android, iOS, Apple, Windows, Google Photos service, You can do free unlimited backup, which for 99.9% of you will be good enough quality. Yep. Unless you're a professional photographer, then you'd probably need to be paying for something better. Yeah. But free unlimited photo and video backup. You turn it on. It automatically syncs. And 
they do a lot of cool stuff, but it's just because that won't even take up your space in the Google Drive. It does not count against your Google Drive storage, although it's connected with your account. Yes. I have taken several one or one and a half hour video of performances that with my phone as a backup. Yes. And it has synchronized those and they're available on Google Photos right now. I could Yeah. It and it hasn't said, "Hey, you're using a lot of storage." No. I mean, it's an hour-long program that I'm doing, you know, 60 frames per second at 1080p and it's just like, "Oh, whatever." Yeah. 6 and, gigs, 10 gigs, I don't care. And I actually, funny that we're bringing this up, maybe that's why it was on my mind, my Google Drive storage was saying, "Oh, you're full. Yeah. You're full." And I was like, "What?" So I looked at my settings on the computer yeah. and it was backing up the full resolution yeah. version of photos from my computer new photos I took. Mm-hmm. New photos I took. <laughs> Thank you for articulating <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> new nude photos. Got it. <laughs> no. no D in my photos. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I switched that off and immediately it freed up like 30 gigs. It oh. was just a setting that I had set up wrong, but I think by default it does the free optimized. Yeah. But Again, if you guys have any questions on this stuff, please let us know because I would much rather spend some time now helping you get your stuff backed up mm-hmm. so that we don't have to take a voicemail from you in a month saying, hey, my computer crashed. What yeah. can I do to get my photos back? And it's complicated and you're not alone, but it's yes. worth taking the time to get it set up correctly now so that you can yes. it'll pay dividends in the future. And that's why we're here. We live and breathe this stuff as sad mm-hmm. as that may be that's why we do the not nerd podcast we just sit here in our lonely tower looking yes. at the internet yes learning how to cloud <laughs> but cloud better yes cloud better just like we help you tech better <laughs> so we're going to wrap up episode one of 103 of the podcast we thank you for listening we thank you for sharing with friends we love interacting like you said earlier the mm-hmm. facebook group uh the facebook page where we post stuff Twitter, wherever, uh, we have a phone number, anything. We want to hear your questions because there's a good chance, like with Jared's questions on mm-hmm. traveling, there's probably somebody else that listens to this podcast that might travel at some point in their life. When you call in for help, you're helping everyone else. Yes. And no, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. Correct. <laughs> with that, <laughs> on that high note, <laughs> we're going to leave you for this week. We'll talk at you next week. Talking at people's a little rude. <laughs> but did you hear about? <laughs> did you hear about your notifications? Yeah. And I have two devices, and I'm like, yep, 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 delete.